Hey guys, it's the seven. It's Lyle. My name is Colleen. My name is Dee Dee. And I'm Dami. So Greenleaf is basically a show on Oprah's channel own, and it kind of depicts uh, a Christian megachurch really in America. And on the surface is like this this Christian family who love each other, who go out and do the God's work, and then the drama comes in where there's all these different dynamics. So you know the show kind of explores homosexuality. It explores you know sibling rivalry within the church, abuse, rape. All those things are you know within the show. So recently, the show has had like a lot of bad press. Really, um, and good press, many bad press. Um, people were kind of upset with Oprah about you know, how they portrayed Christians on the show. So they felt like this is not the message you need to be sending out to the world about Christians. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, Oprah particularly is not a Christian at all. So. Can, can I say something? I don't know, I don't ever watch the show, but it seems like, sorry, it seems like, um, what was I going to say? It seems like, are they just showing things that do happen in the church, but people don't? I well, think they're like, trying to, yeah, exactly. I think they're trying to explore what, I mean, like, you're saying people are saying that uh, Oprah is not representing Christianity in a certain Ooh. way, but is she? Like, how do we know these things actually don't happen in the mega churches? But they they do. I mean, there's no like. So what's the problem? I don't know what their problem is, but they just don't like how it's portrayed. Mm. I mean, Christians don't face different problems than other people from different religions or yeah. other types of people. We I think that's what she was. Yeah, saying. I think that's what she was just trying to get across like everyone at some point in their family if you've got a big rich family like that you will go through these things you will have like um i think one of the daughters she she married a guy who turned out to be gay he was already gay he just married her because of the pressure of churches and stuff like that and religion so you know he can't be gay and just to add to that because we're a mega church this may not seem very <laughs> relevant but more money more problems so yeah that's what I'm saying the rich yeah. more money the more problems become, the more problems become the more things start to arise yeah. and I, I think like, I think personally I'm watching the show my own qualm with it is not particularly just the way they're represented as Christians but the way they are as people I find it very difficult at the beginning I find it very difficult to watch because I'm just like okay I get you're going through these things mm. fine but a lot of them didn't tackle it with, with love of God. Do you know what I mean? It was. So give an example. I'll give an example. Happens? So the mum, right? She's like the first lady, the mega church, like the, you know, her pastor's wife. She's <laughs> up there. The she's she's the creme de la creme. Mm -hmm. And I just find the way she treats her oldest daughter mm -hmm. appalling. So is that, is that how a Christian should behave? Yeah, like, I'm just like, I can't imagine, not even just a Christian, a mum. Yeah. I can't imagine my mum speaking to me in a certain way or looking at me as though I'm the cause of the family's problem. Yeah. Like, the main daughter, she left to go to New York, right, because she couldn't deal with the hypocrisy okay. in that house. Mm -hmm. She comes back, her mum blames, she comes back, though she has her own faults, no one's perfect, she comes back, her mum, and naturally blames her for certain things that goes wrong in the family. Even up until recent episodes where, you know, things are unfolding and the mum is just like, oh, this is what you do. You come, you do this, you, you unravel things. Things will just have, find the way they were. But I'm just like, what kind of a mum are you? Bar Christianity, 
Are you, do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I found it very difficult to, to believe that any woman or any mom is like that in real life. Maybe there are. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, you're now a Christian. Mm-hmm. And on top of it, you're now a pastor's wife. Well, I, I feel like those dynamics do happen, though. Really? Yeah. I, don't yeah. you hear about those dynamics yeah. in... In, the um, most in church. In church. Those mm. dynamics do happen. You have children that are kicked out of their home, regardless of what they do or whatever, wow. and, and the mum is treating them anyhow and they have to go and see the pastor. Mm. You have kids that are acting unruly. The pastor's wife. I'm not speaking for all first ladies or everyone that's married or all the women that are married to pastor, but I feel like, based on what on this show, what it sounds like to me is like, sometimes when you're a first lady and you're married to a pastor, there's a lot of hiding that takes place where mm. you have to just, oh, thank you. <laughs> you have to, um, you have oh. to be someone that you're not. Yeah. Really I, think, I think you're right. I think that's, that, that was what was difficult yeah. for me to, to wrap my head around because all this pretense, all this, I think that's why the first daughter also left because it was full of hypocrisy. Mm. You preach one thing in front of the church, but you're not yeah, leaving that way. life out. Like, do you know what I mean? In your quarters, like, and one of the biggest scandal of the show is their daughter was molested by the first lady's brother. Mm-hmm. And she killed herself. And she killed herself because, number one, her parents didn't believe her. I mean, I'm just like, wow. But it is a drama, though. I think some things are exaggerated. Or maybe, I mean, when I was going through the reviews, one of the comments were, this is not how Christians will handle things. But actually, if it's a show, they need to draw things out. They need to draw out emotions. And actually... Sometimes, as Christians, although we're meant to act in a certain way, sometimes we do things that are contrary to, to what to we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And that's okay to show. I feel like, I like the show because I feel like it brings out so many issues and different ways in which people deal with things. And I think sometimes, the church sometimes, or we as Christians, sometimes we avoid those topics like homosexuality. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we stick to our two lines, like the Bible says this about homosexuality. Even when... Um, how you know when there was a gay uh, choir master in the church, yeah, and they didn't they wanted him to resign because he was gay, yeah, yeah, they wanted him to resign because he was gay. So those dynamics playing out and how the members, I can believe that that's reality. I definitely would. I definitely, definitely think that's reality, especially in these mega churches. I think like the was... reality of that um scene, not scene, but um storyline in particular was that it was all right that we all knew he was gay but then when he was admitting it and expressing it then then it was like ah now we we can't have you leading the choir so what that exposes what that exposes with with churches and mega churches is that it's that everything is all right as long as you don't bring it to the limelight Mm -hmm. because then when you bring it to the limelight then we've got to toss you out as opposed to keep you help you i don't want to help you is the right word and, and i'm not in particular saying that to homosexuality i'm talking about in general the things that people are ousted out of church for yeah um, i don't know if that's how church is supposed to deal with things but that being said i don't know how you are supposed to deal with things can i say something i think that's wrong what um, for the fact that they kicked it they kicked oh, the because forget it about was... being a christian forget about um okay, this is a mega church and you can't lead. The bottom line is love. That's what mm-hmm. it says in the Bible. So it's not about if someone's gay mm-hmm. or if someone's, you know? Yeah, I'll play the devil's advocate. 
So you're saying they were wrong to kick him out. I'm yes. not saying they're right. I'm not saying they're not wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying they're wrong. And by the way, a disclaimer for everyone: these are just our opinions. Nothing is facts. We're just, you know, just challenging. It's just a dialogue. It's yeah. a dialogue. So no one should take anything out of context or be offended, overly offended by anything we say. We're just trying to learn. Now, me playing the devil's advocate. Yeah. So you're saying, you're saying that they're wrong for kicking him out. So let's say they they keep him there. And people start to ask questions, saying, oh, but th- the Bible says this about homosexuality. How come you're letting a person who is openly gay and openly practicing sexuality, sexuality lead a choir? Mm-hmm. And now some people will say, when you're leading choir, when you're leading, you're, you're, leading, you're bringing in, you're meant to be part of the people to bring in the presence, presence of God mm-hmm. when you're leading worship or, you know, praise and whatever. So how are we meant to... How is it okay for him to be leading and praising worship mm-hmm. and be ushering in the presence of God when he is a, when he is doing something so contrary to the belief in the Bible? Okay. So now when they start, people start, because believe it, people in the church will ask those kind of mm-hmm. questions. How can I know I'm coming to a church mm-hmm. that that's happening? In? Me playing the devil's advocate, I'm okay. saying, now I'm posing that question to you. You've kept him mm-hmm. as the head of the church. Mm-hmm. You think... I can't kick you out. Not the head of the church, the head of the choir. The head of the choir, you've kept him. So I've, I'm a member. I've come to you and I've said that to you. What's your response okay, to me? Two questions. What does the Bible actually say about homosexuality? Because I'm asking because I don't actually know. So there's a part where um, Sodom, in Sodom and Gomorrah, um, it's in Genesis, and um, there's two angels, mm-hmm. and I think it's Lot. So the two, so. Um, one man like this, dear, I can't remember his name, <laughs> knocked on the door and was like, oh, I want to sleep with those two men that you have with you, but not knowing they were angels. Mm. And then um, Lot, I think he offers his daughters, daughters, like, oh, why don't you sleep with my daughters instead? Mm. Um, and the men were persistent and wanted to sleep mm. with the mm. angels. So that's when you first introduced into homosexuality. And I was just like, my... that was Genesis 19. But, um... Yeah. So that's when you're first introduced to homosexuality. Then there's another scripture where it says that man should not lie with another man and should lie with a woman. Leviticus 8 to 20. That's fine. 18 to 20. You also have, I'm sure of it, I don't want to Google it, Matthew, yes, 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 yes. Matthew 22, 33 to um, 40, um, and he talks about on these two commandments, handle the law and the prophets, and then he goes on to talk about... um, um, the condemnation of homosexuality. Okay. So that's in the New Testament. Okay, that's fine. So, um, really, in regards to what you said, I find that's fine. But I feel like, even with that, do we refuse or do we neglect someone, push someone away from wanting to love God? No, 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 no. Yes, no, definitely not. We don't push them away. I'm again still playing devil advocate. Mm-hmm. I can go to you. Well, you can still keep him in the choir, but I don't think you should eat. But it's not that that person has no authority. Yes, but I'm a member of your church. Mm-hmm. I am what's it called? I still matter. I still matter. I think the struggles that plays out, and I think it's good. And this is why I like the show because it brings out we can have open discussions. I really do feel like the church nowadays kind of shies away from it because it's about Jesus and politics and. And sometimes that can be so conflicting that, you know, mm. the church just kind of avoids it. Mm. Um, but even in the show, it plays out like, oh, okay, so I think he even says himself, like, oh, so I'm okay to sing and lead the, lead the church, but mm-hmm. other people will, 
would, would have a dialogue with me because I'm gay. And he simply expresses that I just want to serve the Lord. And for me, it's like, do you know what? I don't know, like I get it from the church perspective. If I have this man leading the choir, mm -hmm. then people are going to think it's okay. Whereas I'm preaching that it's not okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was like the pastor's view. Yeah. But then on the other side, it's like, I, you know, I, I understand this individual. I understand the struggles that they're going through. It's not as, e do you know? It's not black and white. It's like not that. black and white. Yeah, Homosexuality, honestly, is not really black yeah. and white. Even mm -hmm. though I get that the Bible explicitly says, for me, from an objective point, say the Bible says this about homosexuality, mm -hmm. forgetting the struggles yeah. and, and the, the things that are inflicting that person. Mm -hmm. Because surely it's not as easy as... Many things people will be like, 
but the Old Testament said we should um we should be sacrificing lambs at the temple. Yeah, but the context of that is that that was under the Leviticus law. That was, do you, do you know what I mean, like all, if you read the book of Leviticus, they had laws and stuff, and that was because they were living in a time that God said, "I'm separating my people." from yeah. the rest and this is what i want you to do all of those things were no longer necessary when jesus came like that you can read in your bible there's no inferring there's no it is there do you see what i'm saying and then and then when we go back to the whole um being homosexual and the things that it says in the bible my thing is like the rebuttal to that church is it is fine like i think the passage i really should i'm going to google after i say this is that it doesn't it's not even condemning um, if you're gay or whatever, it's saying, it says, the scripture itself says the act, the act of homosexuality um, is what the, the Bible is condemning. Because I do believe that, you know, you can be gay and be a Christian. I do. In yeah, terms of what I'm starting to really understand is that it most definitely isn't a choice. No. It, it most definitely isn't something that people could switch off and turn off or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do believe that the Bible says it's the act. And so if this church is a place full of people that identify as being gay, but they don't practice homosexuality, um, then I can understand. Um, if it's not, if it's not, then my rebuttal is if God has, if Jesus came and he removed all our sin, does that mean that the rest of us can continue sinning and saying Jesus came, he, he, he removed all my sin so I can be an adulterer? I can be a fornicator because what that does and what I believe that to be is an abuse of grace. That's it. So it, it does say in the Bible, grace will abide. Yeah, and and I, and this is me again. This is just my opinions and my views based on what I read from my Bible, and I'm not condemning. I really am not condemning it. I can't begin to understand what it's like to be a gay person. I really mm. couldn't. And then even the internal conflict for those who want to live under the the bosom of God and Christ, but also feel like they're gay. Mm-hmm. I couldn't begin to you know fathom it's, that. Yeah, yeah. It's, but, a lot. it's a lot. Yeah. But I feel like and it's I feel like the lot. thing is, like like Fons is saying, as Christians, we need to like not help in terms of try to do this conversion thing where you try to make them straight or something because that's that's just bollocks. But the church and as Tony said, we're all about love. We need to show them more love. We need oh, to show yeah. them more care. We need to understand. Like, And I remember, sorry to digress again. I remember having a conversation with someone where I was doing my placement, right? And no, this is not, not even a placement, like a summer job or whatever. It was like a Nigerian-owned um, place. And they were talking about... They were talking about... <laughs> I hate you. Oh, <laughs> is that what it was? I hate you with love. Oh. Uh, okay. So, um, and then he was saying, he was a pastor, and this other guy who was also a Christian were having a conversation about homosexuality. And they were just going on and on about how it's a choice, how it's sick, how it's disgusting. Oh, wow. And I was just like, that's so vulgar. Vulgar. And I was just sitting there, I'm like, uncle, it's not a choice. And then he goes, no, it's definitely a choice. The one that the Bible says, Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. See, that is their favorite line. That's their favorite line. And I was just like, wow. 
lack of sometimes it's just pure ignorance. It is ignorance. Really to listen. I mean, I'm not gonna like. I'm not gonna. I, I don't know whether it is a choice or not a choice. What I do know is that I definitely don't think it's a choice. It's a lot of conflict. That's what I You know. have to know about your own sexuality. Do you choose to be straight? No, you don't. So you can't choose. I think to I did. When I see that guy, I'm like. Mm-hmm. That's not a choice. That's not a choice, though. It's not a choice because your brain is wired to think that guy looks nice. You've always fancied boys without thinking about it. Exactly, without thinking you about never, it. You, you, do you, can you, in all honesty, sit here and tell me the first time you realised you fancy boy? Because no, it wasn't a choice. Because yeah, it just, it just happened naturally. It just, that was just it. I don't know. But then... You know, I don't know. I feel like this is it a choice? Is it not a choice? Is it a debate that I, I don't really want to get involved with? And I, I don't know. My thing is, I don't know. But what I do agree is that um, they experience a lot. And what I can't take away is their experience. Yeah. yeah they Even so, more it. the ones who identify as Christians. Christian. That's yes, obviously that's a huge, huge big yes. and Yeah, sorry. Too. So I'm just going to say, in with regards to what you've said about Uncle, Uncle Tommy, we call him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Why does he have to have a name? <laughs> I don't know his name. Just Uncle Tommy, anyway. It's I not Uncle Tommy. Like it's just an uncle. Uncle decided to call Tommy. Uncle Toye. Uncle Toye. <laughs> okay. I feel like um, I'm guessing he was a Christian, right? He's a pastor. He's a pastor. Yeah. Yes, he's a pastor. Okay, so one thing that that bothers me is that I understand that he has his opinion and that he has the view on it, whether it was a choice or whether it wasn't a choice. But I feel like sometimes the way that we say things as well, the way that we deliver our opinion. Doesn't have to be in that condescending so way. And I, I think be, I think a lot of it, yeah, of well. course. And I think a lot of it is ignorance, lack of education, and plus the country we grew up in and the country they the grew way, up in as well. Yeah, the country they grew up in and the, the way that they contribute certain things. So choice or whether it's not a choice, it might be up for debate. I don't think it's a choice, and I think it's just something that happens. And same way, you just you're just straight. You just don't know when you decide to like boys. You don't know when you but decide can I say to like. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Matt said, I don't really want to get into a debate of whether it's a choice or not, but what about, um, because there was also an argument about, what do they call themselves? Bisexuals? Not bisexuals. Um, about, oh gosh, men who like young children. Bimbas. No, they had, a, they had a certain term for it. They come up with a certain term that they like to yeah, be referred. It wasn't paedophiles. It was like pseudo something. I can't remember. Oh, okay. Um, but then what are we saying in regards to that? Because some of them will say they're, they're not choosing as well. They're not. I be, I'm totally on that. Like, I most definitely have been an advocate of, of, of not putting paedophiles in prison. Especially if there's not going to be any what kind of... abuse wait, wait, Yes, can I, can I finish? Okay, yes. Because, Sorry. because this is a very, like... It's a very, uh, we can go far, but especially if there's not going to be a reform program, right? Because here's the thing about pedophiles, don't get me wrong, I am not defending them um, abusing children. The stats in Britain is that, um, I think it's over 80%. Have they been abused? No, actually, I was going to say that 80% of um, pedophilia molestation happens at home and the child knows the person. Right, wow. so it's one of two things, right? So it's either your dad, your uncle, your aunt, da, 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 right? Someone who Someone. is supposed to love you mm-hmm. as a child, right? So I want to break it down from a human point of view, in terms of especially if we if we agree or we're saying that 
when it comes to homosexuality, we have no idea whether it's a choice or not or whatever, but we most ide- we most definitely identify the struggle, right? Mm-hmm. Let's really look at it from that perspective of the stats I've just given it to you, right? It's an uncle to an auntie. Most of us that are aunties and uncles, most of us, we love them mm-hmm. and they love us. We've been lucky to not be, do you know what I mean? But look at it like that, right? Imagine, God forbid, that your auntie and uncle did do something like that. You, you, you would almost have to agree that there was something wrong with them. Yeah. to do that to be able to put aside the love that they're supposed protection and love they're supposed to show you as a child mm-hmm. to to be able to put that aside and do such awful things that they shouldn't be doing to you as a child something is wrong that is not though. normal but here's the thing not so long ago homosexual um, homosexuality was a form of mental health can you see? So things are just evolving as and right, evolving. So you're, evolving. you're saying so if we I, kept on to that stance, then eventually we're gonna be like say, well, pedophilia is just who I am. Mm. Yes, that's okay. that's I my point. But um, but my stance is there is the something uncle. wrong. But there's the thing, like I said, homosexuality was a mental health issue. Okay. That my stance is with the uncle is that I can almost understand where he's coming he's from. No Not tolerance. that I agree, but for maybe because he is an uncle. Um, from where he probably did come from, if we're calling mm-hmm. him uncle, is that 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 was their view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That was their political climate at the time. That, mm-hmm. but although sexual um, homosexuality has been around for since yeah. so Socrates or how you ever say his name, mm-hmm. Plato and them man there, those philosophers. Well, apparently, since not. It's been around for ages. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we're digressing. It's back to Greenleaf. But I, what I like about Greenleaf is that it brings out these debates. And I feel like in church, we need to have these, I think, almost to create understanding amongst ourselves. Yeah. A and I think and I think that's why I was a bit shocked by what the uncle said, though he was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure this is what he most likely would have been preaching in his churches. Like, you know, homosexuality is a choice, is a sin, is this disgusting, blah, 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 blah. The way he was saying it didn't sit right well, it didn't sit well with me. Yeah. And I'm just like, I feel like, and then and then I'm thinking, how many Nigerian black or whatever kind of churches have this view? Yeah. And so when places like Greenleaf comes up with a kind of plot that almost it's not even then I realize it's not just it's not just Africans Nigeria it's worldwide it's issue. Yeah. It's a worldwide issue with the church where once once it's up there, once everybody know that this is what you're doing. You can no longer participate in certain things in the church, and, and like Tony said, to an extent that needs to change. But to what extent do we need to stop to change it? Yeah. To change it because then, then it comes to you know this is who you are. Fine, we accept you. We love you. The love of the Lord. La 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 la. A person who likes young kids, babies will come in. This is who I am. Love me with the love of the Lord. All right, cool. Someone who wants to love a tree will come in, this is... No, yeah, there are people, people there are sexual. people, yeah, there are people, you know, objects. Oh, oh. people who want to marry horses, you know, whatever it is, they come in, this is the love of the Lord, fine, but at some point, is there a line? Do we draw a line? Should there be a line? Do we draw a line as Christians? Do we draw a line I as Christians? As well, I think as Christians, I mean, those of us that go to church, those of us that go to church, um, oh, I'm, I'm wondering, and you said it twice. Like, who you showed it? Include myself. Yeah. You're the only one included. Only one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so you're the only one. I mean, I haven't been to church for a long time. Oh, is it? 
Oh. Yeah, but I have, I... Girl, because you went last week and I didn't go. She was shady because it was the one week that she went. How dare you church shame? Do you know what I mean? The one week that she went. Oh, I think, um, yeah, I think it's just like, it's just like, I a whole bunch of us listen to what our pastor says. Yeah. So if our pastor is going to be screaming and yelling, you can't be gay, that's a sin, that's going to sit in our head. And then we're just going to be like, oh, well, you can't take part because he's, he's, he's gay. And I just feel like our Does pastors that have... the way that we treat people unconsciously? But then our pastors have a lot of work to do. They do. That's we we, we have a lot of work to do, but the pastors, especially for if you're leading the church, they're gonna mm. take whatever you say is what they're going to So which which then lies the problem of the pastor has a very tricky job. Are they Agreed. going to accept or are they going to not accept? It's mm. easier not to accept mm-hmm. because when you're not accepting certain things, you you don't have you don't have to answer. You don't have to answer certain questions. You don't. You don't know. You don't understand. Like for me, what going to a discussion about if homosexuality yeah. is, you know, a choice or yeah. not a choice. Yeah. She would rather take a stance and go, no, nope, that's not. That's not my expertise. Yeah. And I feel like loads of churches are taking a stand of, nope, let's. Leave. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's fine, but this is not what we're good at. Let's stick to what we know. I think recently more because they because they're scared, not because they don't have a stance. Because I, I know, like, yeah. in particular, my church now, my pastor, like, there's certain topics that he doesn't live stream. Mm. And then he's always, like, kind of disclaimer. Mm. Do you know what I mean? When he I says certain things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We like, do that as so well. So, so yeah, we, even with this, with, that was, yeah. was supposed to be real and stuff. Mm. But I won't lie, I definitely do feel like there's certain subjects that... you Yeah, we have to tread carefully. And I think and I think even as Christians, we, that we should be, we should always lead with love. Definitely. And that does mean considering how your words can make someone feel. feel yeah. So that that shouldn't really be an issue. I don't feel oppressed to that extent, but mm. I do always I do feel like, you know, like I said, sometimes no matter how much you package it, you probably will still defend just because of who you are and what your faith is. Yeah. And obviously going back to Rini, it's not just the homosexuality thing that I do enjoy, you know. That was one of the two big things. Yeah, yeah. that was what, what the kind of reviews were kind of like, oh, homosexuality. Mm-hmm. But also, like, yeah, it was like the mother having the mother having kids, kids, the rape that was going on in the churches, yeah. the 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 uncle. Your but then again, let's let's not forget that's also a hard thing to swallow to for somebody to tell you or for your daughter to come and tell you that your brother. What's hard about that? It's hard because. It's not, it's, I don't have, so I don't know. The Do you know what's crazy? What? what some viewers might not know, I mean, listeners, sorry, is if you don't watch it, it's that she was molested by her father. Yeah, she was. Oh, yeah, she was. So that that adds to a new element of the story, which I guess, psychologist for me, there's a word for it, I think, su- survivor's remorse, maybe. Where there's like, I don't she know if it's a psychologist that. word, but no, no, she. she I guess she didn't have it, or if she did, there's obviously something going on there. There's a there's a disconnect because it happened to her, right? There's an emotion. It happened to her. Her daughter came to her. It happened to her by her father, right? Her daughter came to her and said, "Your brother is doing this. Is doing this. So, so your brother that probably did experience it, or at least saw it happening to you, is now doing it to me, and you rejected her. You said she was lying." And, 
surely that must come from some kind of internal bruising, that kind of, you know, victimhood. Maybe she just didn't want to believe it. I mean, who knows how people, when people, what we do know is that when people face trauma, that's the point I'm trying to make. She's she's dealing with her own trauma, so yeah. she was unable or in case she probably she didn't believe it. But, no, but her stance, it. her stance was what was her stance when she was young? Yeah. Denial. Denial. Maybe that was how her mom reacted to it when she probably tried oh, to tell her mom. Yeah. 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 And that is and sad. That's, really sad. That's that's again. That's why I like the show because it opens like different levels, different layers of love. Yeah, I think she's a broken person. She is a broken person. And that's why she treats her daughter. Exactly. You lose a child, right? Most people. You lose a child, and what that does usually is bring your family closer together. But not this family, and not this woman. (laughs) Like, she, do you know what I mean? She she treats, in particular, Grace, but all her children. Yeah, all her children. She keeps them at arm's length. Yeah. But then, you know, when they say, I'm going to try and, okay, you know what that phrase, to whom much is given, much is expected. So maybe she's come from a, home where let's be honest her, her home wasn't great either her sister and her don't talk her sister so how do you expect her to love give love to but that's all a result of the trauma of their childhood like like her sister and her don't talk the way they started the show was i mean i want to try and relate this to real life as well as that her sister and her don't talk because of it seems the way they portray the show because of what happened with faith the daughter that was yeah. molested. I think that and was that one of the issues. One of the issues in that in that no one believed her. Yeah. Is that that's why Grace left. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So but in terms of how do we how do we relate, I guess the story of molestation to to real life and as Christians I as think, a whole there's a lot of unforgiveness. I think, I think going there's on. a I think I think it will part think, of the show. Think, 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 think. <laughs> Um, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> With this show. I think. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. I'm not going to say it. With this show. With this show. It's important to understand that it's quite also very real. Because I can imagine so many mums would not believe their daughter if their daughter came to them and told them X, Y, and Z. Because they don't want to believe it. And as Christians, it's for me. I just found it like, ah, I if my daughter ever, God, God forbid, if my daughter ever came to me and told me, you know, my brother molested her or whatever, he is getting it. At the very least, he's disappearing from he's our disappearing lives. He's disappearing from like, my lives. He gets to be the church director. The church, like, he was that church director before. I think it was. Yeah, they left him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, he not, there was absolutely no consequences until Grace came back. Yeah, until Grace came back and Grace tried to sort it out and rectify. Like, this isn't right. Like, how can you let this man just be? Yeah. But I think what was yeah, bubbling as far as. I, I mean, I, I really do think, actually, when I think about it, when I'm reflecting on reading, it's actually a fantastic show. Um, because I think, oh, don't be like that. But it's like, okay, because what you see is like, okay, so how's everyone else going to take it? What happens if everyone else knows? And you do get that dynamic in church. Like, you you even get to church. Do you say, don't let everybody know your business? Do you feel one of the reasons why the mom probably kept a lot of things on a download because once it's out there, then it's a problem. It's, it's a problem. You don't want church I'm members gossiping about your lady maid. Your lady maid. They, they are the perfect family. Mm. So when there's cracks in the family, her idea is covering up, sweep it under the rug. Which she's been doing. Which she's been doing when she was a child. Because you know, like 
Don't let anybody know about it. Not, it never happened. If we don't speak about it, it did not happen. And healing will never happen. For and that's the problem. That family is exactly. broken. Because there's no, there's no healing. There's no... And you know, if you watch to the end... I've watched it right to the very, very end. I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. Thank God. No, no. I'm not going to spoil it. But there is something very, 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 very wrong with, with Lady May. <laughs> like... So very, very... Very, very, very wrong. I'm saying mentally, like this woman cannot be okay. Well, if you think about it, she was molested by her I understand. I, I know. I don't I know, know if you recovered from that. And then her father died, and she had to be there for her yeah. father. Yeah, it was a yeah, lot. You're with some dark stuff. Yeah. No, don't get me wrong. I understand. I'm fully on her. After I found that out, I was like, right, okay, it explains a lot of who her she behavior is. and who she is. But sometimes some people, I'm saying like sometimes some people grow from the pain, become better people. But I feel like she almost went backwards. And watching the show to the end, now, um, Bishop did something. I think we all know what she did, but I don't want to say just in case you watch I don't know. Okay, then I'm not going to say. And then, but then she's done the exact same thing, but somehow his sin to her was bigger than her sin mm. and she held that on him for so long to the point where bishop was just like you know what you're you're a character i've had it with you yeah. and towards the end you then figured out that her sin yeah and it actually makes sense of why she treated she doesn't grace. like grace yeah in, have you seen it today yeah, yeah, yeah. you've seen that oh, please wait wait, wait i haven't seen anything right thank you why she doesn't like grace which is her daughter i'm just like where is jesus in all of this where is where is the love? You know what she needs to do? In the previous episode, we spoke about the guy that was a CEO or something. He decided to leave, leave his place of work and go. Oh, yeah, she, yeah. That's what she, she needs to leave her family. And she needs to focus. She needs to go to focus on God because before. She's not going to be able to find But then, you speak to her. This woman, she seems as godly. Do you know what I mean? Like, can I say yeah, something yeah, about that? Like, I think, I think a lot of people can be Christians or call themselves Christians and be church churchgoers without having Jesus in their lives. First of all, like, even like, um, just to relate it to like the Michelle Williams thing. As oh, you get Michelle older, that was as really you get sad. older, you start to realize that more and more there's like this depression thing in particular, but not just depression, just the emotions that we deal with as human beings, it is deep stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. like, and a lady may is just an example of many of us Mm -hmm. walking around with the baggage and burden of unforgiveness. It's so easy to say you can forget that. Oh, I forgive. Oh, I let it go or whatever. And this is even petty things. Like I'm sure many of us haven't gone through what lady may has gone through. Right. Mm -hmm. And some of us still hold on to certain things that certain people have done to us. Right. Let alone her baggage. Right. And just kind of like applying it to real life and like the Michelle Williams thing, like they've broken up again, right? And again, did they break up before? They did. They broke up before. No, I thought that was just to advertise the, the reality show. Yeah. yeah, so that was before. And then Shade Rooms just posted again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they were really broken up. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what, what I mean is they've broken up again. Yeah. So where... If you if you're watching the show, which I am, right? Mm-hmm. You're sorry, thinking sorry, I'm so sorry to cut you off. And please do not forget your trailer. Yeah. Somebody said that she was right to break it off. Okay, but wait. The show. Let let, okay. let me finish, right? So if you're watching the show, you think you you think that 
they're working it out and you think with Jesus anything is possible that you know God is definitely involved in their relationship he's they're both obviously trying their hardest right and she's going through whatever she's going through she's going through some deep stuff and even that she's been going through that she's going through and when she articulates it you think sorry you think you're gonna be okay because you're expressing it you're and I'm saying this as a Christian in that not even they're gonna be okay Michelle you're gonna be okay and it's like that's me looking into her life but obviously she don't believe it and she goes in and out and I guess that's the depression part obviously and she she's seeking help for that stuff and, I'm, and I want to relate that back to Lady May and all of us in our lives and the way we deal with trauma and how, as human beings, we're not supposed to go through a lot of these traumas that we go through because our emotions are so complex and so and so deep and stuff. And I think I have lost my train of thought because I wanted to say something about Lady May and the idea of, you said something going about to going to the mountains and stuff like that. That obviously is not going to work, one, <laughs> because that's not how it works, but... As, as human beings, I guess the hardest thing to do, the hardest thing to do, and it's the easiest thing to say, is just give it to God. Mm-hmm. But many of us say it, but we don't actually, no, more, more than even do it. We, we say we've done it, but we don't actually believe that we've done it. The mind is a powerful thing. It's such a, it can break you. Yeah. That's the, that's the thing. You know, they can, they can cure... You know, not all cancers, but they can cure pneumonia. They can cure. They can. They can treat your HIV. They can. They can heal your broken leg. They can. But your when it comes to your mind, once that once that breaks down, that is forever. So the day you leave this earth, you always need that constant, constant therapy for it. I don't know. I don't know about necessarily necessarily assigned to that view. I about think, your mind. Yeah. It's so fragile. Yeah, your mind is fragile, but I think what is missing is that. We have never been taught how to take care of our minds. In the first place. Yeah. So that's why our minds are so fragile. So when something hits us, it's like, whoa. Mm. I never knew that I could be through this. I, I never knew I can go through this situation. But when we break our legs, it's, it's almost like, okay, I've broken my leg. I know the next step. I know to where take. to go. I know what to do pra- practically. I think we've never been practically taught how to take care of our minds. How do you take care of your mind? A lot of ways. Spend time with yourself. That, that, is, that, is, that, is, that is really the ultimate thing that I would suggest to anyone. If you're battling with something to do with your mind, spend time with yourself. Really reflect. Do you know, we lack a lot of self-reflection as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's always he, them, she, yeah. he did this, they did that to me, and they with everyone else. But we forget to point the finger back to ourselves mm-hmm. and realize, how did we get into this situation? Yeah. Why is it that I've come into depression? Yeah, there are certain circumstances that might bring these things on, like if someone dies or whatever. So you might feel those um, emotions just because of what you're going through. But I think we lack self-reflection. I think we lack... Evaluation. Evaluation. We lack knowing the knowledge of taking practical steps. And I think whilst watching the first episode of Michelle, Chad loves Michelle, that's something that I really acknowledge with Michelle is that she's lacking the practical things of how to deal with her depression, although she does speak about, you know, going to the gym and trying to get a routine and stuff. But she's not she's not talking about but I think maybe that's because it's a forty minute episode. So yeah. I so wanna believe then, that, you know, the therapy and going to rehab and stuff like mm-hmm. that uh, is contributing to hopefully her recovery. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I mean? But we're just seeing a forty minute clip of clip everything. of everything. But then this goes back to like really forget it's like 
it's good. I can't stress enough how good it is for them to display these things that are going on in the church Christians because as Christians, yeah. because we're not. I think everyone always pushes this view of Christians that once you say that you read your Bible, you're meant to be perfect. No, mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. I'm as broken as anyone else. It's just yeah. that I'm trying. Mm-hmm. I'm trying, I'm learning, I'm trying to adapt to this new way of life, I'm trying to have faith, I'm trying to overcome, I'm trying to be that champion that the Lord speaks about, do you know what I mean? I'm trying to be victorious. I think what you said is true, I think um, also when you're in a certain situation or wherever you are that's not a good place, it is harder to go to God. Like, when you're happy and you've got a new job, oh thank you God, thank you God, but when you go, you want to speak to God but you don't really give it. Mm. Do, you, do you know why I've noticed this? And this is from my self-evaluation with myself. I love a pity party. My God, do I love a pity party. <laughs> when something bad happens to me, I love, and not even deep bad, maybe, you know, just an argument with my spouse. My God, do I love a pity party. I'll go into bed and I'll be so... sobbing, tears, tears <laughs> dropping down my eyes, and then I'll be... And then, and then I and then I take a moment and reflect and be like, are you okay? No, no, not even what did you do, but what actually even happened to you? <laughs> what even happened to you? Well, you're it's it, 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 just really funny, but that's the thing about it, it's okay. I've realized that it's okay because I've identified what I do. Mm. So as much as I love a pity party, I also know because as, as soon as I finish doing my tears. And, I, and I, sometimes I'll listen to sad music or I'll watch a show that is sad and then, <laughs> and and then the story will make me cry more. <laughs> so I'll, do, I'll throw my full-on pity party. My God. I'm, I'm looking around. I'm like, why me? Is this what I deserve? Is this what I deserve? That's my favourite line. Is this what I deserve? I say to God, is this what me and you discuss? Right? <laughs> After I've been to my pity party, then I ask myself, What's really happening? What's suffering? Are you <laughs> then I'll start thinking about all the people in life that are really suffering. Yeah. People who've just lost a, a spouse, who've just lost their mum, who just did it. I start thinking about that yeah. because that's the number one way, I believe. Number one way, and our pastor was just talking about this in terms of depression, how you fall into depression, is when you think about Stay yourself so much. When you can't think, when you can't remove yourself from, from you just, when you can't situation. think objectively, that's when you be, you can, you can fall subject to depression. It's like when you become, if I stayed in my pity party, I most definitely could become depressed because I think everything's happening to me. Then I don't think about what did you do? I don't think about other people in life. I don't think about how I can help other people. Um, I've lost my train of thought because this was, oh, Tony was saying something about, Oh my going gosh. To the going, to the, going to the mountains and stuff like that. And well, you can't do that. But I think she's talking about people being able to reflect and stuff like that. And I just think people just don't do that. Like, I've identified, and I won't stop because I enjoy my pity parties. I've identified oh, that. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> I've identified that I have a pity party. And I think human beings, we, we, we love to self indulge. Mm-hmm. We love to self indulge. But your power and your ability to pull yourself out of those things is is the difference maker in terms of can you be a forgiving person? Can you pull yourself out of all the traumas and stuff that's happened to you? Can you do you know what I mean? But when you when you revel in your pity, I feel like that's when you can, you know, force you know, you can become subject to depression and you can become yeah. become a lady maid who is just completely unforgiving mm-hmm. and carries around that burden. 
more than anybody else. It's deep, man. What is deep? But it's also a must. A must. A must. A must. A, a must, must watch. Yes, please help me. Thank you. Yeah, a must watch. Please you have to that. say like people need to watch it. I feel like as Greenleaf goes on, hope it doesn't end anytime soon. I don't know how you know. But you just said you're over it. I'm over it, but I'm over it to an extent like. You know, sometimes who used to watch Grey's Anatomy? Oh, it was too much. It was just too much. Like, like it's not being entertaining. Yeah, like there's it's only like, this is just trauma. <laughs> trauma. <laughs> exactly. There's only person. yeah, there's only so much I could take. I mean, I've got my own life to deal with. Let alone now hey. watching really live drama. So that's why I say like I'm over it because I'm I'm not over it in terms of it's not a good show. I'm just over it, like so no, I can't do this. I'm just I'm just. But I don't know how much time we had. I wanted to like explore Grace. Um, her character. Uh, no, not even so much her character, but her actions. Mm. Because um, I always am very confused about the fact that I don't know where she stands. Sometimes she's yeah. In terms of because you're past her, and, and she's born again. Yeah. I don't know where she stands. I, I, don't I don't like her character, and I, I like the fact that they've done that because. Yeah, but they. Sorry to cut you off. Well, I liked it in the beginning because I thought they were going to explore it. But I, again, I'm speaking to someone who hasn't finished it, so maybe they do begin well, to explore it. Having an affair with that guy that was engaged. One, and then in the beginning, no, do you remember when she first got there? Got her her high school sweetheart. Oh, okay. You yeah, know, yeah. so she one had an affair, so kind of adultery, mm-hmm. fornication. Then there's the new the journalist guy. That's the last bit that I'm on. And, she's still and, right. and the thing about it is, like, I liked it because I thought they were going to explore. I thought they were gonna, she was going to have this inner turmoil of, of what am I doing? There's I'm on the pulpit. Say something. Oh, wait, hold on. And I don't think they're exploring it enough if you're saying there's eight episodes. Um, it's an ongoing thing. Yeah. And there's, sorry, there's one tiny part of one episode that he calls her a hypocrite. Who? The guy. Right. Grace, he calls oh. Grace a hypocrite because she's fornicating. They're sleeping together, and she's someone. She's trying to drag him. She's trying to drag him to church. So now that's that. That was just one tiny part, and obviously she wasn't having it, so she left. But I'm like, I like they could have they could have explored that mm, more. I find it weird or, that they don't explore it more think, at all. I think in the grand scheme of things, I think it's just like there's no. so much to unpack in the, in each character's stories that. Maybe that wasn't the most. But you know what's really game funny? Game Do you know what I found find symbolic about them not exploring that? I find it symbolic that um, that seems to be the sin that most Christians are okay to to, to, to sweep what? under the rug what? and and not have a light shine on it because a lot of of us Christians are probably participating in fornication, and so it's something that we I feel like as Christians not often like when you talk about sins and stuff you don't often be like oh the fornicate and stuff like Greenleaf in particular wants to focus on homosexuality abuse molestation and stuff and actually on that show you do have a lot of fornication but it's not there's no light being shone, shone on that I mean it is a little bit when um one of the daughters of of the pastor's son which one um I, I forget their names Charity not no 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 Oh, so there was fornication there. Yeah. Where? Charity, when did she sleep with that um, singer? Oh, did she sleep with him? I don't remember. I don't think they did. I don't know. I don't remember. They never really showed us. I think that Jacob's daughter, though. Okay, Jacob Adultra. Sorry, I forgot. Okay, so Jacob the Adultra. They didn't explore that. His daughter 
I don't. It doesn't upset me. I just um, see. It doesn't even upset you. No, no. I mean, what what I mean that it doesn't upset me is that it doesn't upset me that Greenleaf does not oh. um, focus on that more, or whatever. What does not upset me, but I am pointing out that it's quite symbolic of most Christians mm-hmm. in how we do pick and choose and how we do think some sins are higher and this mm-hmm. and that and yeah. So I, I definitely think I think like if a perfect example is removing the choir master then you needed to have been removing grace. all the fornicators mm. that were in the choir yeah definitely do you know they would let grace preach that fornicator okay okay <laughs> i think when, when we judge, do you know what guys i'm so sorry i just like saying the word you know i think when we judge other people's sins as well it does make us feel good about ourselves so if you find that oh, someone's gay or this person has done whatever that's just not a sin in your eyes yeah that's not really a big sin in your eyes you kind of feel like oh well I'm, yeah. I'm not that bad. Do you understand? Like, it's all on you. Everyone's looking at you. Do you know what? Do you know what? I, I fell victim of that. Mm. Of what? Of what she just said. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a conscious thing. Mm. It was a subconscious thing. Like, I wasn't, I, yeah, I wasn't exactly. thinking I was doing it, but I was like, and I mean, like, <laughs> so, no, it's you, just you. you. So you, 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 you can't can do that. You can't do that. You can't be this way. Well, I think the lesson is because um, Toyin is saying something along the lines of practice what you preach. I yeah. think before you practice what you preach, don't judge. Just yeah. just, just don't judge. Yeah, and that definitely. way you don't have to... Because the, the issue with practice what you preach is that we're imperfect. Mm, and I'm sitting here to that for the that. I'm a sinner. Why ask me a question? How can I fornicate? She said, how can I fornicate? I'm married. She fornicates with her husband. But I feel like we unconsciously did that. And it's like, that's kind of evident. Yeah, like you're saying. It was an unconscious thing. And I feel like even with other people in general in life, where you yourself, maybe you feel like, oh, maybe I need to pray more. And because you see somebody that's always praying, or maybe I need to... Or when you go to the Bible, I don't see the same Over and over again, and you're just like... Marking, highlighting. And I'm just like, okay... Thing where mm. even us as how can we stop that though? How can I? How do we stop doing that? How do we stop looking at people and judging them? Because we've identified that it's an unconscious thing that we're doing. Yeah, it's an unconscious. Thing. But then I think but it's also just, us it's judging us, ourselves. Yeah. It most definitely is. It's it's it's, it's self condemnation because yeah. the only reason why you look at someone else's life and be like. Oh, I'm not that bad. It's because mm. you know all the bad things you yeah, do. You only you know. Only you and God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. only, only you and God knows yeah. the things that you think, the things that you do. And so when you're judging someone, you're really judging yourself. You're you judging know that yourself. saying, when you yeah. point the finger at someone, Isn't three fingers great. are pointing back mm-hmm. at you. So um, so really and truly, that's what, that's what you're that's doing. Not. And that's where you need to... I think the question was, how do you stop doing it? The only way, truly, is the closer you get to God, the more mm. and more you realise that these things are petty, fleshy, yeah. human things yeah. that that mm. are that should be beneath us. So the I church know. is becoming more and more. A lot of churches, like that, uh, more and more what? Just kind of accepting, which is why mm. uh, you know, again, I go back to this thing of just measuring sin and stuff like that. Mm. Like, like churches are out here throwing, you know, homosexuals out of church, but you're not well, throwing people yeah. that are pregnant out of wedlock. So that's my issue. Actually, some gonna... of them do. Like, I remember um, at uni... But it's not a consensus. It's, well, I remember at uni, uh, one of the girls was saying she's... I think she's in her 30s, has two kids. And she was saying she goes to um, Seventh-day Adventist church. Oh, that church is strict. And she was saying mm-hmm. how, like... Is that the one where they know alignment for areas? No, that's... Uh, um, I don't know about that one. That's um, Deep Alive. Okay. 
I never really know. Um, but she was saying how in the church when she got pregnant, she a lot of the time she had to go. She had to sit at the back of the church and things like that. Someone like, tell her though, or did she just feel judged? No, she said that was the protocol. <laughs> that, that was the protocol. I was like, rah. In my head, I felt like, whoa. The protocol. That's, you that's know, a banter. lot. That is a lot. Well, she was like, at the back. Was she pregnant? Or? And she accepted it. Pregnant. She has two kids out of wedlock. She was like, oh. yeah. That's that's it. That's it. I already know my faith, and she still goes to that. Um, she still goes back to the church. So. So I think the like, is, wow. is there is there a general thing then to say like church shouldn't condemn people gay people on fornicate people on fitness or should we then condemn because we have to paint everyone with the same brush uh-huh. if we're gonna say every sin is the same like if but that's not, not our job like mm-hmm. I know there's a bit in the Bible where it says you know we are accountable for our bedrooms right but I feel like there's accountability and there's expectation and there's there's a difference between that right because. The the difference in my mind is accountability. So if I come to you, right, and I say, "Hey, sis, I'm a I'm a I'm a Christian, and I want to do this. I want to be like this. I want to do 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 right." And essentially, me telling you that and, and saying, "Oh, let's walk, let's walk together," is me saying, "Hold me accountable." So if I'm slipping, come to me, and be like, "Hey, sis, what's going on?" Do 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 do. But does it? That's not the same as having an expectation of me to be perfect. Mm. That's it's different. The accountability is that. You wouldn't need someone to hold you accountable if you're going to be perfect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The accountability is that you're going to be there for me when I need do 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 do. So if we're talking about in terms of encouragement, I would say individuals as Christians, we need to stop one having expectations for ourselves as Christians. You need to, I think, just work on your relationship with God. And the biggest thing I find with Christians is self-condemnation. It's the number one way that the devil really will take you away from God by telling you, oh, you know, you're not this, you're this, you're that, you're that. Yeah. That's self-condemnation. And yeah. that's, that's that's the reason why many of us repeat our sins. Mm-hmm. Because we start believing, oh, well, I've done it now. And, uh, you know, the voice in my head is telling me I'm scum. So I might as well just do the scummy things that I do. And that's the cycle. Yeah. That's, the, that's, for me, the number one way I think we can, amongst church and Christian Christendom, like, yeah, like eliminate this idea of measuring sin and pointing the finger at each other. Because if you within yourself can identify what it is that you're going through, then you should not be doing that to other people. This is why, like, do churches have counselings, like not counselling just for marriages, but actual counselling. Counselling that people do. that you can speak it has to be qualified to people, though. Oh, no, yeah. But I'm saying, like, wouldn't that be such a good thing to have? <coughs> because it's not... It's everyone can't understand the situation. Everyone can't dissect the situation the way someone like Fumi would, for for instance. The way like Fumi would, for example. Not everyone can be understanding to a certain extent. So, say for instance, there was a gay person in church, and they didn't know how to go about their sexuality. They didn't know what to, you know, how to even address it. All 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 the struggles they're going through as a Christian and. As this person who, do you know what I mean? This is what they, this is what's going on with them. It will be good as churches. I think that's one of the steps that churches could take forward is to have a qualified Agreed. person who is also obviously very le- like learned in the Bible to be able to help out everyone that has this. Because men, everyone, someone always say like, like you said, a mental state of 
just everyday life is um, so some people go through the it's mental a struggle, it's a struggle mm. let alone now adding x y and z mm. on top of your struggle and and the self condemnation the, the you know the homosexuality stuff or whatever it is that's going on with you there should be someone who you should be able to speak to who would let you know do you know what it's okay yeah. and i feel like that that is very needed in churches and i feel like a lot of churches Agreed. we're not equipped no. And well, certain things that just sweep under the rug is not our business. Yeah, I think a lot of the churches, or especially pray about it. African churches, I think a lot of churches are we're still evolved, evolving. We're still learning like how to better equip Christians in this modern society. Yep. So um, so sometimes you may not have counsellors, but you have pastor, pastoral care. Do you know what I mean? And those are the people that are meant to support you. Um but yeah, I just think, I think it's good. I think it's good that we're having this dialogue. I think it's good that shows like Ringing Eve and Chad Loves Michelle have those dialogues as well, because I guess... Seven on the church. Seven on the station. Seven on homosexuality. Seven out.